0: O thou who camest from above, the fire celestial to impart, kindle a flame of sacred love on the mean altar of our hearts. Amen. It is a dirty place out there. Herod in our reading is an example of that. He wants to live life his way and when John challenges him, he uses his power to silence him. And that is not unknown today. We think of rulers, political parties, businesses who have used their power to suppress those who would challenge what they do and it has not been unknown for the church To use its position of power to cover up its dirty little secrets. But if there's dirt out there, there is also dirt in here, in the human heart. John the Baptist calls the people who come to hear him preach a brood of vipers, not I suggest the quickest way to win friends and influence people. He declares that God's judgment is coming on a generation of people who have forgotten God and yet are spiritually complacent. They've chosen to be blind to those in need, to live for stuff. And if they've already got stuff, live for more or better stuff. And to use whatever power they have to push others down so that they can get more And so that they can go up. And so John in his preaching calls them to a baptism of repentance. (coughs) John invites his listeners to receive baptism. He's saying that being a descendant of Abraham is not enough to be a true member of the people of God. A true member is someone who turns to God, puts their trust in him and lives his way. And as a mark that they are truly repentant for the life that they have been forgiven, and as a mark they are truly repentant for the life that they have been forgiven, and that they truly intend to live for God, he urges them to be baptized. It meant that they went to the River Jordan, they were submerged under the water as a sign that God has forgiven them. It's a symbolic washing. To show that the dirt, the sin, has been washed away. But the problem with John's baptism was that although it declared the forgiveness of sins and although it revealed a person's intention, it could not change a person's heart. Luke says very little about Jesus' baptism. He simply says, verse 21, when all the people were baptised and when Jesus also had been baptised, it, it seems, it's a very interesting set of wording, it seems that before John was imprisoned, all the people had been baptised by him, at least all those who people who had come to him, and then Jesus was baptised. His baptism appears to be the climax, the last of John's baptism. So Jesus sets his seal on John's baptism. It's almost as if he says, yes, that is right, but now I have come to do something more. You see, John's baptism was a baptism for repentance, although, of course, Jesus did not need to repent. It was a baptism of obedience because it was what God called people to do. It was a baptism of good intention I intend to live a new life, a new God-focused life. But Jesus takes it further. He adds a new dimension to baptism. John says in verse 16, I baptize you with water, but he, the Messiah, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The Holy Spirit can change a person's heart because the Spirit, the fire of the Spirit, burns away everything that is not of God. John speaks of the Holy Spirit as the fire of God's judgment. In Luke 3, 17, John tells us that Jesus will separate people. The wheat on one side, the chaff on the other. The wheat are those who hear the word of God and respond. The chaff are those who hear and reject it. Herod may have been very, very impressive, but he was chaff. The wheat will be gathered into the barn, the chaff, and the reality is that chaff It is just a a dead shell, a dead skin, around nothing. The chaff will, on that final day, be burnt. That ties in with the teaching of the New Testament. I put two verses on that piece of paper that was handed out. 2 Thessalonians 1.7 speaks of that final day when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God. And it speaks of eternal destruction. Or Revelation 19, verses 11 to 13, I could have chosen many. Then I saw heaven opened. There are echoes of our own passage. Jesus is baptized and heaven is opened. And there was a white horse. Its rider is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire. His name is called the Word of God. But one of those of us who turn to Jesus, do we escape the fire? And the answer is yes, we escape the fire of destruction, the second death, which is the lake of fire. But the answer is also no. Instead, we choose voluntarily to come to the fire of the the Holy Spirit because we trust that God in his love will use the fire to purify us and to transform us. We ask the Holy Spirit to burn up the dirt that is deep within us. You see, the symbol of the Holy Spirit here is the dove and its fire. And the fire of God is one and the same as the Holy Spirit is one and the same as the love of God. And the fire of the Spirit burns up all that is filth in us. He does that through his word shaping our conscience he convicts us of our sinfulness. We see ourselves with new eyes, with His eyes. I begin to realize that what I did thoughtlessly, or as a bit of fun, or because it was a harmless habit, actually ends up cutting me off from God, destroying others, breaking my relationships like a creeper slowly strangling the inner life out of me, shrinking me so that I am nothing. We remember things that we have done, how we have treated someone, and it's almost as if someone has stabbed us. And yet I can begin to face the truth and not go into a cycle of despair or self-loathing Not to, you know, go down to the garden to go and eat worms, because I know that in spite of all my filth, He loves me. And the Spirit burns up the dirt that is within, within within us through His discipline, the discipline of the Christian life, through obedience. You know, baptism as an obedience, it's a going into water, it's a dying to ourselves. And there is a daily dying about the Christian life. The discipline of daily prayer, of worship, of fasting, of giving. Remember, Matthew says, Jesus says in Matthew, when you pray, when you give, when you fast, even when I don't wish to do it. Richard Foster has written one of the most accessible modern spiritual classics called The Celebration of Discipline. And if you haven't read it, I really encourage you, I would encourage you to read it. Uh, And in the discipline of the Holy Spirit, he takes us through experiences we'd rather not go through. Think of Paul with his so called thorn in the flesh. It was probably a physical infirmity. Three times he prays and asks God to take it away. Three times God says no. Why? Because God says, My strength will be made perfect in your weakness. Or in his discipline, we're taken to places we'd rather not go. Think of Simon Peter. Jesus tells him, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. In other words, Simon, when you were young, you were in control of your life. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this... Jesus said to him, follow me. Now that is madness. If I come to you and I say, follow me, and you will be crucified. If someone said that to me, I'd be out that door. But Peter isn't. Peter still chose to follow him. He still chose to step into the fire The fire of God's judgment. The fire of God's love. And the spirit will burn up that dirt within us through the people of God. You are one of the flames that God uses to purify me. Why? Because God uses other people to challenge our self-centeredness. Of course, you can be, if you reject all of this, you can be like Sartre who said, hell is the other person for precisely that reason. But becoming part of the church, opening our lives to each other is the way, one of the big ways that God purifies us. You know, we're not family. We're not necessarily natural friends. And yet God has brought us together. And as we open our lives to one another, as we open our homes together, as we come together to receive bread and wine, as we learn together, as we face up to conflict. You know me, I hate conflict. Any conflict, I'll be going the opposite direction. But that's not necessarily right. Because it's actually conflict that actually can so often begin to challenge and purify us as we learn to rebuke and challenge and love and encourage one another so the Holy Spirit burns up the dirt in us. You see, the purpose of God in all of this is not to destroy us. In his deep love for us, it is not only to burn up the rubbish, but it is to make us flames of fire there's a story from the desert fathers there came to the abbot joseph the abbot lot and said to him father according to my strength i keep a modest rule of prayer and fasting and meditation and quiet and according to my strength i purge my imagination what more must i do The old man rising held his hands against the sky, and his fingers became like ten torches of fire. And he said, If thou wilt, thou shalt be made holy a flame. The point is that the Holy Spirit and the fire of God and the love of God are inseparable. That is why, after Jesus has been baptized, the Holy Spirit comes on him. And we hear the voice from heaven This is my Son, my beloved. With him I am well pleased. It's a declaration of profound assurance, an assurance that Jesus was going to need in what he was going to face. It was a declaration of deep intimacy. The word beloved is most used in the Old Testament in the love song, in the Song of Solomons, between the lover and the beloved. And it's a word, a declaration of great affirmation. But it's not a guarantee of worldly well-being. In the very next chapter, the same spirit leads Jesus out into the fire of the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted. And the writer to the Hebrews says that Jesus learned obedience, not that he was ever disobedient, it was just, if you like, the obedience was taken to a higher level through what he suffered. It is dirty out there, but more to the point, it's dirty in here, in our heart. We need John's baptism. We need forgiveness to be washed clean. We need to be able to declare that intention, I will live a God-focused life. But we also need Jesus' baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit of fire, because we need changed hearts. So I finish by speaking to two groups of people. First of all, to those of you who have not yet been baptised. It didn't happen when you were a baby and you've never made that decision subsequently yourself to be baptised or christened. The decision to receive baptism in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit is a decision to step into the fire of God's love to invite that fire into your life, to ask him to burn up all the dirt that is deeply ingrained in your heart. It's about asking him to show you the wonder of his love so you begin to glimpse it and the glory of his purpose for you. Please consider taking that decision. I realise it's not something people can just make here and now, but join the Christianity Explored course, which we're running at the moment, to find out more, or the Journeys course, which will be running uh, at the end of February. And then to those of us who have been baptised, the challenge is not, as you've heard me say this so often, it's not when you were baptised, whether as an adult or a child, it's not how you were baptised, by full immersion or sprinkling, but whether we are living as baptised people now. You see, baptism involves water because it is about living as people who are forgiven, as people who have chosen to be obedient, and as people who have declared an intention to live for God. But it also involves fire, because it's about the Holy Spirit. Are you living as someone who is beginning to realise that you are a child of God, deeply, deeply beloved of God? Are you living as someone who calls out to God, Father in heaven? Hear many people now, it's just part of our language, OMG, oh my God, or oh God. Actually, that is so far from the God who is our Father, who we can call our Father in heaven. And all it is, is it shows is how far we are, or how far people are from knowing God as our heavenly Father who loves us. I appreciate that you may not feel that, but it is reality, and we are called to live by faith. And one day, maybe here, you will get a glimpse of it, but one day you will know the truth of it. And are you living as someone who, in the light of the love of God, is willing? To be led into the fire, to invite the fire in, in order to let Him burn up all the dirt that is in you, so that you one day may become fire. O thou who camest from above, the far celestial to impart, kindle a flame of sacred love on the mean altar of my heart.